Man, I preached a hard sin and repentance message and you came back. So, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter uh, 5, verse 11, though we'll spend the majority of our time in Hebrews 10. So if you're an open Bible person, Hebrews 10 should be a good spot to park today. Verse um, 11. Oh, and I wasn't kidding about... um, uh, the joy of the Lord this morning. Um, I woke up and, you know, felt like that. And then um, the the musicians were practicing before worship today, and which is so good um, and glorious. And heavens opened, and then, so I'm just real happy to be here with you. Our Bibles open and the Spirit here. And Anyway, uh, about this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, some of you need to someone you need someone to teach you one more again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature; those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. To distinguish good from evil, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Messiah and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washing and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. This is God's word. So, uh, like I said last week, to prep us for um, what is new, so new being... uh, Moving, um, we're going to go back to what is old for a little bit, the basics, the milk. And so what are the basics? They're repentance from dead works last week. Trust in God today. Uh, instructions before baptism is how I'm interpreting that. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. These things, the author of Hebrews says, those are milk, man. It's basic. You need to move on. Not, not move on like be done with them, but just like not have to constantly... Go back and rethink and relearn these things. We want these things, again, not to move on. We want these things to just be like riding a bike. We're just always kind of doing it. I don't have to think, what does it mean to repent in this situation? I want it to be my knee jerk is to repent in this situation, okay, that comes up. So I, that's just how this gets interpreted sometimes. Like, man, you're always talking about repentance and the resurrection. That's basic. We need to move on. No, you don't need to move on. You want to be trained in it by constant practice. So, does that make sense? Okay, sorry. Um, anyway, some of this is basic to all of us. Some of it's not. Okay, so if we're like, you're hearing this, and it's like, this is so basic, and then you're hearing another person's hearing, it's like, man, I've never heard this before. Fine. Okay, what matters is what we do with it after today. Okay, so uh, let's get started. Verse six. Let us leave. The elementary doctrine of Messiah and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation from dead works last week and of faith towards God. So that's what we're doing today. If the first basic is repentance from dead works, then the second is just the other side of the same coin. Faith in faith on faith towards God. Okay, so you can't really split repentance and faith apart. But for teaching purposes, it's helpful. Okay, so what what is faith? Um, and I just have Sue True's voice in my head right now. Because Sunday night Bible study, Derek would ask a question and Sue would always say what? No matter what the question was, her answer was faith. faith. <laughs> yeah. 
She's right most of the time. Okay, so so what is faith? I know Larry just said in his head the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and he's right. He's right. Um, but before we get into that, it's been helpful to me. I think will be helpful to you. To when you read the word faith in your Bible or believe in your Bible, replace it with words like trust um, or or rely on. Not because faith isn't the right word. It, it, it pistis is is the right word. Um, but faith or belief or believing sort of takes on a different meaning in 2023 than what the authors of Scripture are actually trying to communicate by it. Okay, So, for example, we live in, in uh, the Oklahoma, the Bible Belt, and if you ask average Joe on the street if they believe in God, they will likely say yes. Right? You're not going to walk down the street in Tonkawa and, and they say, no, I'm a militant atheist. What are you talking about? No, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, of course I, I believe in God. All right? I have faith in God. Even though nothing in their life suggests they know who God actually is, how God's working in the world, or what God's promises actually are, they would say, I'm a believer. I have faith. Okay? Which means they believe a deity exists, probably bearded guy in the sky, um, but they don't trust him. Okay? They aren't relying on him for the things that he calls humans to rely on him for. They are not practicing what scripture calls faith, which is, which is trust and reliance on God's words. What he has said. So when we think faith, let's think reliance, trust. I, I count what God has said as reliable. And I, I stand and live my life based on these things. Okay? So faith, trust, reliance uh, really comes down to two main issues, especially in the context of Hebrews. And, and the two issues of faith are, one, trusting, believing, being confident that God rewards righteousness. Okay? Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is, this is faith. Okay? And then two, the second thing, the opposite of rewarding righteousness is trusting, like being confident that God punishes wickedness. This is where like this is where faith comes down to. It's faith in reliance on these two promises of God that he's faithful to punish and to reward. And this makes or breaks the human being. OK, so if you're a human being today, I'm not trying to bore you, but this is really important. OK, this is the whole game. God's chosen means of testing human hearts is, is faith. Uh, via carrot and stick. Okay, so if you've never seen this in real life, I, when I was little, cartoons, the guy is on the horse and he's got a carrot out in front of the horse to get the horse to go forward. And then he's also got a stick to hit the back of the horse to get it to go. Okay, we prefer the carrot sometimes. Okay, this is what God, God does. He holds out the promise of reward for faithfulness, carrot. And he holds out the promise of punishment for lack of faithfulness stick. Right. And, and this is all over, you know, scripture from beginning to um, end. But the, this is the main issue in in the, the letter to the Hebrews. Something is happening in their community that could lead them to draw back from their previous faithfulness to Jesus. And so he's writing to encourage them in their faith and trust. Okay, They've been following Jesus. They've been faithful to him. They've been counting on, relying on him. But something came up and they're thinking maybe this isn't the right way to go. Maybe God is not trustworthy. Okay, So it's really important. Hebrews is not writing to new believers who are trusting God. For the first time, these are seasoned saints who've been believing, but they want to draw back. So Hebrews 10 here, 
Listen to how the author of Hebrews weaves these points of God's faithfulness and punishment and reward together through the letter to make this point about faith, about um, elementary principles. So Hebrews 10, uh, 19, he says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, trust, belief, faith to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Verse 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Okay, so 23, let us hold fast. Let's like I'm going to grab something because I think if I grab it, it's going to hold. Okay, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. So what is their hope as, as Jewish followers of Jesus? It's the age to come. Okay. It's the restoration of all things, all the nations flowing up to Zion to learn the law and the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's Hebrews 4, the promised rest. This is their hope. Okay, hold fast to that hope without wavering. And why should they hold fast to this confession? Why not give up for he who promised this is faithful? Okay, like this is it's it's almost circular reasoning, but believe what he said because he said it. Okay, because he's going to do it. Hold fast because God is reliable to make good on what he has promised. He's not a liar. So hold on. So so he's writing to them saying, hey, things are difficult for you right now. And he's going to list some of those things later. You're, You're being persecuted because of your confession. But hold on. Okay, keep the faith. Trust God. He's not a liar. Right. So that's the. Basic of Hebrews 10. Next, he says, and help each other trust God. Right. And so this is part of where my joy of the Lord comes for this comes from this morning. Woke up and I'm like, I'm going to be around people who help me trust God today. Right. For an hour and a half, I'm going to be around people who just looks, hugs, conversations, classes, whatever. I leave church on Sunday like, okay, I can do Monday. I can do Tuesday. Like I can stay on the path. Because of y'all. So help each other trust God. Verse 24. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together. Okay. So we just said let's do it every Sunday. Right. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay. So because you trust in God's promises about his day. About his promised rest. The day of the Lord. Live this way together. With love and good works, stirring each other up, okay? Also, because you believe, trust, have faith in that day. Next, he says, so don't sleep back into sin, verse 26. For if we go on sinning deliberately, and, and that's why we defined what sin is last week, okay? If we go on doing that deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, which is exactly what Moses said, the, the author of Hebrews is saying, correct. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation, a, a fearful belief, a fearful trust in judgment. Right? I believe God's not lying about this stuff, and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Verse twenty-eight: Anyone who sets aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. So twenty-nine: How much worse punishment? If it was like this with Moses, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, who has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Right? Words of God, I will do this. I'm not messing around, I'm faithful, I don't lie. 
I will repay. Again, the Lord will judge his people. Therefore, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of, of the living God. Okay? Like, this is not on your Hobby Lobby coffee mug, right? You're not like sipping this in the morning. Ah, let's love the promises of God. You know, no, this is hard language. So you, do you see the, the, the stick here? All right? To strengthen their faith and their trust in God's promise of reward in the coming age, he's just making clear again that the stick, okay, the the stick that comes for those who don't trust God, who don't count God's word as reliable, is serious, okay? It's all he's saying. God's faithful, okay? You can trust what he says, good or bad, he's faithful to do it. He wasn't making empty promises in Moses' day about death for sin. And he's not making empty promises in the present day about death for sin. Right? That was last week, right? Death, sin leads to, to death. Okay? And again, in fact, he says it's worse now to go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth. With, like, the common kind of understanding is like, God is mean in the Old Testament and Jesus is like letting stuff slide in the New Testament. And he says, no, it's actually worse. <laughs> it's worse. Now, God's word is reliable. So live like you trust it. OK, so in this section, he, he's bolstering their belief in the punishment that's to come for those who draw back from faith. Right. God, faithful to reward, but also faithful to punish the beauty and glory of God is he doesn't. Lie, but then he puts on uh, his his pastoral hat, heart, puts it out here. He starts to jog their memory um, back to the times when they didn't draw back. Okay, when they kept the faith, when they were living as though they counted God's word as reliable, even though it would have been easier to quit. Okay, so this is very encouraging. Verse thirty-two. Okay, God God rewards. God's going to punish if you draw back. But hey, remember, recall the former days. When after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. So he says, you did it. Okay. You did it. You, you had this moment where you could have turned back and you said, no, I trust God. I love God. I'm going to go this way. Even though my flesh wants to do that. He says, Rec- remember that you did it. Like you've got a, a checklist of victories over here that are outweighing your check. Cause right. Sometimes you choose to follow Jesus and then other times you don't. He's not talking about this anymore. He's reminding them this. Hey, you did it. Okay. You have a pattern of winning this fight over and over and over and over and over. So recall that sometimes you were even publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. Sometimes you were being partners with those so mistreated, treated that way. For you had compassion on those in prison and the most... Strange verse to us in the, in the New Testament. And you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Okay, so why? Why did they joyfully accept their stuff getting stolen? Okay, why? Why did they endure being hated and slandered? Right, like their stuff gets stolen, and the author of Hebrews says, "And you accepted that joyfully." Why? It's because they lived in faith, and they trusted in God's reliability to bring about what He has promised. Right. When the prophets are talking about this sort of stuff, you know, what the locust has eaten, God will restore. It's the same same bit because they trusted God, because they counted him and his word as reliable because they had faith. So he says this. You did all this. Right. You struggled with all of this. You endured all this. Why? He says, because you knew you were confident in you trusted, you believed, you had faith that you yourselves had a better possession 
than the one that got stolen, right? What you have next is better and an abiding one. It's better than this fleeting one, okay? You guys endured the hardships of this age joyfully because you believed God's promise of the age to come. You know what I mean? Like, so just a, a, a silly example, like if I've got a, a, a uh, McDonald's uh, hamburger, which I love a McDonald's hamburger. Um, I've got a McDonald's hamburger. It gets stolen. I can joyfully accept that because I, I know I've got cats or the barrel in the age to come. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is horrible. I don't like that it's stolen, but I can rejoice because I know God's not a liar. And if stuff gets stolen in this age, he's going to restore it in the age to come. So this is this is what faith in God is. He's reliable. What he has said about the future is is true and sure. And I can hold on to it. This is basic elementary uh, principle that we must be trained in by constant practice, which is why the Lord allows and sends trouble and difficulty to you in this age so that you can be trained by it. You know what I mean? Like your muscles never going to grow if you don't use it. If you don't have to exercise that thing. Okay. So we trust in God's promises about the future, whether reward or punishment. And that drives how we live in the meantime. Okay. Because we, Try to say a lot, faith and eschatology, the end, drives discipleship, the present, okay? Eschatology, the end, drives discipleship now, how we live now. So verse 35, therefore, in view of what you've already lived, you've already lived by faith before, right? He said, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Good job, remember that stuff. Therefore, don't throw away your confidence now. You... <laughs> Like you, you, you're on, you're on the fourth lap. Don't, don't throw it away now because it has great reward. Okay. So though they've already proven they've, they've lived by faith, they know how to do it. Like I said, these aren't new believers who are like learning how to walk for the first time. They've gone through it. They've climbed the ladder, gone over the obstacles, all the stuff. They've already proven how to live by faith. He has to tell them again, don't throw it away now. Right. Like it would be such a, a waste to run three laps really, 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 really hard and then get to the middle of the fourth lap and, and quit. It was, <laughs> don't throw it away now. And, and so he tells that to them. I'm telling this to you now. Don't, don't throw it away now. Okay? Christian Life Church, members of our church, don't throw it away now. You lived by faith the last year. Okay? You followed the teachings and example of Jesus towards your church, towards your family, towards your friends, towards your enemies, because you knew you had great reward in the age to come. So all I'm saying today is do it again this year. Okay? Run another lap. Okay? Because you, you've done it before. You know how legs work. You, you've done the thing. Don't throw away your confidence now. Because you've already done it in the past. Don't throw it away now. Because you know it has great future reward. And, and this really is, is the, the battle, the war of living by faith. Is that you got to do it again and again and again and again. Okay? you you got to wake up on the day when your stuff gets stolen. Okay? On days when you're persecuted. On days when, when the sting of death hits you again. And you got to put your feet on the floor and say, God, you don't lie. Okay? Your word is sure. Your promises are reliable. It's worth it to follow you no matter how difficult things are. No matter how badly I want to drive back. I will live by faith today. Okay? Not yesterday's faith. Today. And not rely on how I lived yesterday. Faith in God today and the next day and the next day and the next day. So Hebrews 3, he makes the, the jump back a little bit. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says... 
Hebrews 3, verse 7. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. Verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in you any uh, evil, unbelieving heart. Untrusting, unrelying on heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence, our original faith, our original trust, our original reliance firm to the end. Okay? Verse 15, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? Okay, so this is this is Paul says this is why we're given the scriptures of the Old Testament to to train us. Now, they're in Egypt. Okay, they're in slavery, in bondage, 400, 430 years. And the Passover comes. And they live by faith, right? They put blood over their door because God said to do it. These same people go out into the wilderness and then what happens? Do they still live by faith? They don't, right? They had faith, led out by Moses. They go out and then they start to not trust God and, and count his word as reliable anymore. It, it, was it not they who rebelled? Verse 18, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his Rest, but to those who were disobedient. So we see they were able, unable to enter the promised land because of unbelief, lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of saying, God, your word is sure. Even though we're in a desert right now, and even though Pharaoh's behind us, and even, you know, like, your word's sure. You, you said Abraham's family gets this land. We're going to get it no matter what. Okay, so they, they trusted God in Egypt. The author of Hebrews is saying you also have to trust God in the wilderness. Okay? You will live by faith. Hebrews 10, 36. Back to to Hebrews 10. For you have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God. When you've trusted him. Relied on him day after day after day after day. Until that day. When you've done the will of God. You may receive what is promised. Carry it. Okay? Trust me. Saying keep walking this way. You'll receive what I've promised. I am not a liar. And then he points them next to the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus. Verse 37. He says, <laughs> this, is, this is the, okay, if you've been asleep the whole time, this part's really cool. Okay, so, um, for in a little while, so a little while is a reference to Isaiah 26, Haggai 2, which are references to the day of the Lord. Heavens and earth shaking, nations shaking, all, all the bit. Yet in a little while, the coming one will come and he will not delay. Okay? So this is the faith. He said a little while. He said, will not delay. It's been a long while. (laughs) And it feels like delay. But faith, trust in God's words, doesn't give in to the mocking and scoffing spirit that said that says he's not coming. Okay, right. This is second Peter three. You guys keep saying he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Where is he? Like Peter's answering that. So he says yet in a little while. The coming one will come. He will not delay. So in view of the coming one coming and not delaying, he says, how will we live? Verse 38. But my righteous one in the midst of this delay will live by. By faith. Because he hadn't come yet. Okay, so I have to trust that this delay is not delayed to him. Okay, by trusting that God and his word concerning the end is reliable. I will live by faith. So so that by faith. Is how we will live and not die when the day of the Lord arrives. 
And we know he's talking about the day of the Lord because he's quoting here directly from Habakkuk 2, which says, write the vision. It's about coming judgment. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. Okay? So imagine uh, a great big sign, right? A, a, a dude here it says, judgment coming, run sincerely God. Okay? The big, big cardboard sign. This is a word from God. Okay, you see this sign, the one who reads it should run. And so if you have faith, if you count God's words as reliable, what would you do when you see the sign that says run? Very good. Thank you. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's from that's a word from God. Gosh, we, we better go. Okay. But like this is what it is, so that he may run who reads it, it being the reliable words of God. Verse 3, for the vision awaits its appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it, it will surely come, it will not delay. Okay, so that's Habakkuk 2. The author of, of Habakkuk, uh, or the prophet, whoever's there, says it will surely come, it will not delay, wait for it. But the author of Hebrews takes Habakkuk and takes that it and changes it to he. Okay, so in a little while, the coming one will come. He will not delay. That's pretty cool. I thought, verse (laughs) 4. The righteous, in the meantime, shall live by his faith. Complete Jewish Bible, the righteous will attain life through trusting faithfulness. So if you have faith in God's words about the future, you'll act accordingly now. The one who reads it may run. So back to Hebrews, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it is impossible to please God. No pleasure in him. Please God. Verse 39, say this of us today, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Stick. But are, we are those who have faith and preserve their souls. Carrot. So that's the whole argument of Hebrews 10. Okay, God's promises about the future are reliable, whether punishment or reward. You've lived by faith in those promises in the past. Recall the former days. You, you guys have done this before. This is not new to you. It's elementary principles to you. So keep doing it. What's Hebrews 10 about? Those, those three things. Okay, and then it goes right into Hebrews. What's after 10, math people? Plus 1 is 11. Okay. Right into Hebrews 11. Now faith, that's what Larry's saying. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. In IV, ESV, the conviction of things not seen. I don't see these things yet, but I'm trusting God's word that they will come to pass. So what do we hope for? What do we not yet see? The resurrection of the dead in the coming age. I don't see those things. All right. Do you? We don't see those things yet, but we do not lose heart. That's what Hebrews 10. We don't lose faith. We're confident in what we hope for, and we're convinced it will arrive. For by it, Hebrews 11, by faith, by trusting God's promises, the people of old, which is the rest of Hebrews 11, right? Like this is Hebrews 10 is da 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 da. Hebrews 11 says, here's examples 
of it. For by faith, the people of old received their commendation or or complete English version. It was their faith that made our ancestors pleasing to God. Verse six, for without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, this is basic. This is elementary. This is milk. He rewards those who live by faith. He's pleased with those who live by faith. And this is how God has always worked. Okay, God has not changed in this regard. So let's just look at at some examples and then we will close the Passover Exodus 12. Okay, so God's word says slaughter the lamb, cook it, eat it, put blood over your door, bake the bread, stay in the house and you'll survive the coming wrath. You know this story? Plagues are coming on Egypt, and the very last plague is that the angel of death is going to come over. And every house that does not have the blood of the lamb over the door, the firstborn will die. Okay, so this is what God has said. So people with faith, who count God's word as reliable, what did they do? They slaughtered the lamb, they cooked it and ate it, they put blood over their door, they baked the bread, and they stayed in the house all night. Okay, they didn't apply the blood and then go out and swim in the Nile. They stayed all night. And what happened? They survived the angel of death. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous live by trusting God's words about baking bread. Slaughtering a lamb. You know what I mean? Okay, the righteous is by faith that the serpents in Numbers um, 21. So they're out in the wilderness. Israel's rebelling against God and against Moses. Snakes are the Lord sends fiery serpents in, in the camp. It's a very strange story. And people are dying because of these snakes. So God speaks and says, don't try to heal yourself. Don't try and fight off and fend off the snakes yourself. Instead, look at the staff that Moses has lifted up and you will actually be healed from the snake's poison and you will live. So the people with faith, people who count God and his word as reliable, did what? They didn't try to heal themselves. Right? They're like, hey, where's the first aid kit? Right? They didn't try to fend off the snakes. Instead, what did they do? They looked at the staff in Moses' hand. They were actually healed and they lived. The righteous shall live by faith by trusting god's word and so bring it into the the new testament which we have here today that not that part but right before it this is the this example of the serpents is exactly what what uh jesus teaches here as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him Whoever puts their trust in him, their faith in him, whoever counts him and his word as reliable may have eternal life. That's 15. Then 16 is for whoever believes God sent his son into the world so that whoever believes in him, trusts in him, counts him as reliable, will not perish, but have eternal life. That sounds like Habakkuk 2. The righteous will live by faith, okay? So faith is trusting in and relying on the words of God. Blood on your doorpost will actually save, says God. The person with faith does what? This is weird. (laughs) But I'm doing it because I trust God and his word. Looking at Moses' staff will actually heal. Like there's snakes biting me and you want me to just not pay attention and look at Moses up there. I do. You'll be healed. And they were. And trusting in Jesus will actually lead to eternal life. Okay? And we can tell that to ourselves and we can tell that to everyone we meet with confidence. Trusting, relying on the words of God will actually lead to eternal life. The righteous will live by faith. 
by trust. Romans 5, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope. Right? Hope that's seen is not hope. Romans 8, so this is stuff we don't see. The hope of the glory of God. Glory of God, a catchphrase in first century for the age to come. The resurrection of the dead, the restoration of all things. We rejoice by faith in the hope of the glory of God. Okay? So last um, thing here, uh, not as much of an issue uh, talking to mature Christians, but is helpful. Is everything, but I just think you know it. Why should we have faith? <laughs> okay? Like, why should we trust in God's promised future simply because we have a guarantee because there's an empty tomb over there? Okay? That's why Peter calls it a living hope. Because previously we had a hope, like the prophets, and, and they're like, yeah, we, we hope in these things. But so far, everyone who's lived has died. After the resurrection of Jesus, now Peter says, we have a living hope. I believe everything God has laid down in the law and the prophets because Jesus walked out of that tomb as a first fruits of what's to come. First Corinthians 15, verse 20. Um, this is the Good News translation, which came out in the 70s. So maybe some of you guys have a copy at home. The truth is that Christ has been raised from death as the guarantee that those who sleep in death will also be raised. So you with faith this morning, I'm just telling you what Hebrews, the author of Hebrews tells them in, in, in chapter 10. Keep doing it. Okay? Don't quit. Don't draw back. Like we are, you're on the gun lap. Don't quit. Press on. Trust in God. He's been faithful before. He will be faithful in the future to do everything that he's promised. Those without faith today, you are not trusting in God. You don't know the promises of God that you're supposed to be trusting. Start today. Okay? If you're sitting next to a member of Christian Life Church and you have questions, what does it mean to trust God? What does it mean to repent of our sins? What does it mean to follow him until, as we, you know, as we see the day approaching, talk to a member of our church. They will tell you. Okay? Because you guys are all evangelists. Okay? If you don't want to talk to them for whatever reason, uh, I'll be up here. Our elders will be up here. But today's the day to start trusting in God. Today's the day to put your hope for eternal life in him and him alone. Let's pray. Robert, would you help us please? Thank you.